0: Oh, Noah. Um, hey, hey guys, thank y'all for being here today. Uh, my name is Clayton, the lead pastor here at Central. I'm so glad you guys are with us. If you're a guest, thank you for being here. If you're online, thanks for, for tuning in today. It's going to be an exciting day. It already has been. It's been great uh, to worship here together um, as a church. And we're going to continue in our series. But I want to make sure you guys have the, the notes. So scan the QR codes um, as we begin um, today's, today's message. And if you have your Bibles, you can, you can open those up into Romans. We'll be in be there uh, for today and a couple other places, but you can, you can turn there. Uh, last week, we started this brand new series that we're calling Grill Talk, and we're thinking about how to feed ourselves. How do we move beyond just basic things to deeper things? And last week, we talked about prayer, and there's some basic things about prayer, but there is, there is a deeper level to prayer, and we realize that just like Jesus, we need to to crucify our will um, when it comes to, to our prayer life, that God needs to be central and he needs to be number one. And instead of just asking him like he's Santa Claus or like a genie in a bottle, instead of just asking him for things, um, maybe we need to stop and pause and just thank him for the, the good and the bad um, and ask him to, in no matter what the circumstance, to, to, to grow us in that valley or in on that mountaintop. We've been in Hebrews and so I'm going to use that as our main it's our main passage throughout this this series and I just wanted to read just a shortened version of it before we uh jump into today's uh topic but we talked about this last week and here it is on the screen. Here's what it says. You're like babies. Okay? I love saying it that way. You're babies. You're just a bunch of babies. You're like babies who need milk. They cannot eat solid food. Solid food is for those who are mature. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. This series is kind of as a food theme, and we're talking about milk and and. And spiritual meat, and what the difference of those two things are, and you know, as we talk about eating, we're talking, what we're talking about is diets. And to diet is, is a verb. In our culture, it's 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 something that we do for a, a short amount of time. But the real word diet is not something you do to to fix a problem, but it's how you just naturally eat throughout your life. What is your diet? Different cultures have have different diets. And we've recognized something about, about food. Dieting is not just something you do once a week, or eating is not just something you do once a week. It's something you do throughout the week. I mean, if you said, hey, I only eat one time a week, and it's Sunday after church, we go, and I just, I just eat as all, all I can, and the rest of the week I don't eat. That'd be kind of weird. That's not how life is. We eat, we diet, our, our diet is, is throughout the week. I think there's some aspects of the Christian life that are kind of the same way, that we look at them as if they are just a a one-time-a-week thing. And I think one of the most misunderstood aspects of living for Jesus and having a relationship with Jesus is worship. It's this topic of worship. It's one of the, the most misunderstood things because this passage is talking about let us go on instead to to become mature in our understanding. I think some of us, for a lot of us, our culture isn't very mature to understand what real worship is. And so today, keeping with that theme, I want to to serve up to you and to me some practical ways that we can truly worship God. I pray that it is it's eye-opening for a lot of us. Because for some of us, we are we are maybe missing something when it comes to worship, or maybe we We've minimized worship and misunderstood what real worship is. And so we're going to go to class. Students down in the front, y'all ready for this? Okay. Y'all ready for class? Y'all thought it was tomorrow, but today we're starting class. And so if you were in a basic worship class, we would call it Worship 101, okay? This is a basic entry-level um, class, okay? So this is what we're going to do today. We're gonna, I'm going to give you all some, some basics about worship. And that key verse we're going to look at is is in Romans. It's in Romans chapter 12. And here's what Romans chapter 12 says. There's a lot of verses about worship, a ton of them. But I love this one because it kind of gives us just this basic understanding. Here's what it says. Paul says, and so dear brothers and sisters, meaning all of us, okay, none of us are exempt from this. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to, to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. And he says this, this is truly the way to worship him. This is the way we worship him. Look at this word worship. What does that mean? In Greek, it's the word uh, proskeuno. What does that mean? Well, it means to, to literally to fall down or bow down. It's where we get the word prostrate from, to, to like angels prostrate fall, that, that, you know, that, uh, that hymn. And so it's, it's this idea of falling down in worship. And there's, there's a truth that we all need to understand some basic Worship 101 today, and it's this. That every one of us worships something, don't we? Every single one of us, we're worshipers. Another... Definition of worship, maybe an even better definition, is it's the art of losing oneself in adoration of another. Think about that. That's what real worship is. It's, it's the art or practice of losing yourself in adoration of someone or something that's maybe better than you. Okay, Tim Keller, the, the late Tim Keller, here's what he said about, about worship that you don't get to decide to worship. Everyone worships something. The only choice you get is what to worship. That's the choice. It's not to worship or not to worship. The choice is what are you going to worship? And in our culture, we worship all sorts of things. People worship rock stars. They worship athletes. They worship celebrities. And literally, we lose ourselves in the adoration of other people. We lose ourselves in the desire for, for wealth and for fame and for, for power. And if you don't believe me, there is a game going on on TV later today, okay? If you don't know about it, it's called the Super Bowl, right? It's the greatest worship service of the year. It is. It's going to happen in your, your living room where you're cheering and raising your hands and excited you wear your, your uniform, right? You're, you're in it. You're part of the team. You're going to see it on TV. People are going to be worshiping, giving themselves an adoration at those players. And then halftime is going to be even more, right? Halftime is the, the true worship service, okay, of the Super Bowl. It's, it's when, yeah, amen. It's when we, we give ourselves to something else. We're all worshiping something. That's that's some basics of, of worship. But here is another truth for today. True worship is reserved for God alone. That is, that's the truth about worship. It is reserved for God alone. If your life were a restaurant, okay, your life is a restaurant and people get to come and, 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 get a glimpse of what your life is like and you have a, a menu and on that menu is one item and you all you serve is worship. That's all you serve. There ought to be just one table at that restaurant and it's a party of one and it's God. He should be the only one that ever goes and eats at that restaurant, Okay. True worship is reserved for God alone. The Bible talks about it all the time. Here's a couple of of verses. I love Isaiah. Here's what Isaiah says. In fact, he's, he's quoting God in Isaiah 42. He says, God says, I am the Lord. That is my name. That is something you and I can't do. We can't say that our name is the Lord, okay? He says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else. I'm not sharing it at all. It is reserved for me. I'm not going to share, it with pray, uh, share my praise with carved idols or anything else. It is, it is for him alone. God is worthy. He's the only one worthy of worship. Nobody else and nothing else and all of the creation is worthy of worship like God is worthy of worship. And he deserves worship. You want to know why he deserves worship? Look here. Oh, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. Why? I will praise your name for you have done wonderful things, okay? You've done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. The reason God should be worshiped is because of what he has done. You know what I want to know the greatest thing that God has done for you? Is God the Father sent God the Son to die in your place on the cross. That is the greatest gift of all. That is the greatest reason to worship God is because of what he's done for you. That you, despite all of your failures and all your faults, and mine as well, God chose to die for us. Man, that is sacrificial. That is something that is so worthy of raising our hands and clapping and shouting and thanking him for. He's the only one that is worthy of worship. So we all worship something, don't we? We're going to worship something. Yet we see that God is the one that, the only one that is worthy to be worshiped. Now, that is, that's some basic stuff about, about worship, but I want to get into some meat. And so, after you take worship 101, the next class that you're gonna take, like this is the upper level, junior, senior level, is advanced worshipology, okay? Just made that word up. That's not even a real word, but I'm using it, okay? I'm gonna trademark it, okay? It's advanced worshipology. That's the next class that you would go to. And I want to teach you and teach myself today some things that are a little bit deeper about worship than maybe we've heard before. And this is the first thing that we need to understand. Your attitude is really important when it comes to worship. Your attitude is essential in worshiping God. Because we all know what it's like to just fake it, right? And just to go through the motions. That's why your attitude is so important. We should be worshiping God a certain way. And because of, certain, because of some certain things. Look what Hebrews chapter 12 says. Hebrews 12 says that since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. That's amazing news. That is great news. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. We should be worshiping God because of what he's done. We should be worshiping him with this, this idea of fear and awe. Now it's not being like scared of some, that's not a scary movie kind of fear. That is in awe. I am unworthy of what, because of what you've done in my life. I want to worship you because I, I cannot handle that. I'm in awe of what you've done. And you know how, how you get to a point where you're worshiping God like that? Not only are you recognizing what he's done in your life, but you read about who he is. If you read some places in the Bible, it should cause us to be in fear and awe. One of the greatest ones is in Revelation. If you turn to Revelation chapter four, let me read, let me read this um, to you. There's a couple of places in Revelation where John gets this, this chance to, to hear or to see what God is like and what, the, the, what heaven is like. And so he, he gets kind of escorted by an angel, okay? And he gets to see some crazy things. Look what it says in, in Revelation four. It says, and instantly I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. And between verse 2 and verse 8, it describes what is, is going on. And John can't describe it, guys. It's like you're trying to tell a story, an experience to someone, and you just can't find the words to really explain it, okay? Okay. And that's how John is. He's like, I, it, was, it was like glass. And it was like sapphire and rubies and brightness and the sun. And it was beautiful. And there was, it was amazing. I can't, I can't begin to describe it. There, I'm going to try my best. There were these 24 elders around. They had crowns on their head. And, and they were worshiping God and throwing their crowns at his feet. And there's these angels around. And there's these, these four creatures. And they got eyes all over the place. It's just weird. You're like, what in the world's going on? He's describing something uh, so hard for him to describe. And he says this, he says in verse 8, that day after day and night after night, they keep on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, and who is, and who is still to come. When we get that in our brains and in our hearts, that God is actually on a throne, and he is worthy of worship, it will change our attitude about worship. And then, We can be motivated by some certain things. If you go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, the verse we looked at earlier, it says we can worship God with our bodies, with our lives, all of ourselves, because of what he has done for us. Ah, Because of all he has done for you. When we recognize that, it motivates us to worship. Our attitudes will change. That's some deeper level stuff for worship here. That's advanced class on worship. Here's a second advanced idea about worship. Is that worship is spirit-driven and truth-focused. What I mean by that is that the spirit is what moves us to worship. And the truth is what directs our worship. Jesus is the one who said this. In John chapter 4, here's what he said. He said, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. What is he talking about? We could do an entire sermon series for months talking about just this one verse. But in the most basic sense, here's what he's saying. That there's two ingredients to worship. First, to worship in spirit. Meaning that in in your heart. It's It's not about your physical posture, guys. It's not about being in a certain place or at a certain time or do things a certain way. It's not about that. It is more about your inner self. It's about your spirit. And not only that, but your spirit has to be broken in worship. It's no longer about you. It's about him. That's what it means to worship in spirit. But also we need to worship in truth. It's talking about your, your mind and your, and your, your head here that we should respond to truth in worship. And where does truth come from? Truth comes from not what I think God is like, not what someone told me that God is like, it's from his word. The word should be, the Bible should be our guide for worship. Meaning that worship should also be about good doctrine. Understanding who God truly is. Not what some crazy people think about God. It's recognizing who God really is and worshiping him because of that. The Bible is essential to worship. We should worship in truth as well. Here's the third deep idea about worship. Worship is both at the altar and it's always. Look, we understand. We're talking about worship. Music, we're in a worship center facility here. This is what we do, right, on Sunday mornings. We come in and worship. Yes, that is true. Worship is at the altar. It is, it is here, but it's also always. When we think about worship, we're thinking about going to church. But it is much more than that. You see, worship is both a, it is a specific activity. It's, it's what Ryland does. It's, it's him up here with the guitar. You know, I, I don't know how he doesn't mess up on the chords. I don't understand. He's a genius. But it's more than just playing guitar and singing some songs. Worship is a specific activity, yes, but it is a way of life. It should be a way of life. And Hebrews chapter 13 talks about it and describes it. Let me let me give you a little background. In, in Hebrews, the, the writer of Hebrews is kind of talking about the Old Testament. It is if you remember, the Hebrews is the link between the Old Testament and the New Testament, okay, describing the fulfillment of what God is doing um, uh, in, in the New Testament based off of the Old Testament. So it's talking about these these heroes of the faith and all the things they're doing and how they were following God way thousands of years ago and how we should emulate their life. And then the writer switches and says, so what about your life? What about your life? Begins to describe what life is like with relationships and marriage and activities you're involved in and the job and career you have. The basics of life. And here's what he says in verse 15 of chapter 13. He says, therefore, okay? Anytime you see that, you gotta go back and say, what is he talking about? He's talking about your life, okay? He says, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Not just a once a week kind of sacrifice, but a continual sacrifice of praise. What it's saying is that how you live is a continual act of worship, or ought to be in a continual act of worship. You see, worship is more than music, guys. I mean, we were created for more than just music. The church is designed for that. And there are opportunities galore for worshiping God. You wanna know why? Well, in the Old Testament, People went to the temple to worship. Y'all remember that? That's that's where you worship. You want to worship God, you got to go to the temple. Why? Because that's where God was, right? His spirit, his presence dwelt in the temple. If you wanted to encounter God, you got to go to the temple. And when Jesus came, he changed everything, didn't he? He changed everything. He flipped everything on its head and said, no more. It's different now. Look in the gospel, uh, look, look at Matthew. He, he says, it, says this, he says, I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. He said that to a crowd of people. No wonder they wanted to kill him. The temple is the most important part of their faith. And he's saying, I'm better than that. What he was saying, he was speaking about himself and he's saying, God's here. God is here. It's not about the temple anymore. There's something greater that has come. And then he turns and he's talking about us in John chapter 4 when he's talking to the, the woman at the well, okay, the Samaritan woman at the well. And she was complaining about, hey, we don't get to go to the temple. We're Samaritans. We're not, we're not full-blooded Jews. We can't go in, and worship God. And we're, we're hoping to. And we used to worship on this mountain. And, like, we, she doesn't know what to do. And here's what he says. He says, the time is coming. when well, it's going to no longer matter where you, where the, whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. It doesn't matter anymore. Here's what he's saying. True worship occurs wherever you go, wherever you go, because the Holy Spirit dwells inside of believers. God's presence is with us, no matter where you're at. Worship is not just about being in the sanctuary or or being in the church, but it's, it's anywhere you go. You see, worship is not expressed through music alone. We understand that, right? Like, let me get this. Music can't produce worship, okay? Worship is not caused by some great lyrics or an awesome beat that gets you grooving. You know what I'm talking about? That's not what worship is. But I will say this. Music is, it's an expression of worship. But worship is more than that. So here's how I'd like to kind of wrap all this up today. I want to give you... A practical assignment. We're going to do some homework this week, okay? You're going to love this, okay? Kids are like, oh, we're never coming to church again. Okay. I want to give us some practical ways that we can worship God, not just here sitting in this room, but throughout the week. There's many different forms and ways that we can worship God. And so I'm going to to list them here up on the screen. The first is this. This week, worship with your attitude. Will you worship God with your attitude this week? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says that we are supposed to be thankful in all circumstances. Not just when life is good. But how about this? Especially when life is bad. We should be thankful. We can worship. We get to choose our attitude, don't we? We can't choose the circumstances we find ourselves in. But we can choose how we respond to those things. And when we choose to worship with a thankful attitude, God is glorified. When we respond with that kind of attitude in the middle of valleys and in the middle of mountaintop experiences, God is glorified in that. Let's worship him with our attitude this week. And you know what? That attitude is going to play into so many other things we're about to talk about here in just a second. Because here's the, here's the second way that I want to challenge you. This week, worship with your mind. Will you worship God with your mind? 2 Corinthians 10.5 says we're supposed to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. To think about Jesus. Because it's so easy, guys, isn't it? To let our thoughts wander, right? And then begin to affect the rest of our our day. And we kind of think that, you know, that's different than worship. That's, That's not a spiritual activity. That's just my mind Having fantasies, thinking about things, um, thinking false things about about other um, people—like whether that's good or bad—we we we sometimes let our thoughts just wander. What consumes your thoughts? Can we worship God with our thoughts, with our minds? You know how you know how to do that. You dwell. You dwell in Jesus. You pause. You train yourself to continually put him first in your mind. Which ties into the third third way. This week, worship with your moments. Worship God with your moments. Here's what I mean by that. To stay in the moment. Like the downtime of life. Like, well, like when you're in your car. When you get up in the morning, when you're going to bed, when you have those routine moments before and during a meal, to instead of just going through the motions, how about you invite Jesus into those moments and talk to him instead of just scrolling through life, right? Sometimes we're so distracted by things and we need to just be in the moment sometimes. And we need to, instead of running um, from those moments and trying to escape from those moments, maybe we just need to pause and worship him for who he is. Here's another way. We can worship God with our work. With our work. Will you worship him with your work? You know how much time you spend working every week? Okay? I don't care if you're a student, you're an adult, or you are, you're retired. We all have jobs to do, don't we? Think of how much time you spend each week in your work. Colossians 3, 23 says that we are supposed to work as if we're working for the Lord, not for someone else. If you're working for the Lord, no matter what you're doing, that's going to change how you work, isn't it? What it means is that we need to give God our best. And we can give our best as an act of worship, especially as we're working. Because here's the deal. It gives us an opportunity to be a witness, right? When we give our best, God is glorified because people get to see God through us, right? Here's another way. This week, worship with your words, okay? Hebrews 3.13 says we're supposed to encourage each other all the time, not just summertime, but all the time. We need to say it. When God puts on our hearts someone else and some encouraging thoughts, some uplifting thoughts, we we don't need to hold those in. We need to share them. And I'm the worst. Like people that know me, I'm I'm just not very good at that. It's like something I'm trying to do better. I'm like, you know, I I told them they did a good job five years ago. Like, you know, I'll tell them, you know, if if anything changes, I'll let you know. Kind of an idea, right? I need to do better about when God puts those on my heart, I need to share those and express those because it can change someone's day, right? And God can speak through that moment. But here's another thing. Not only do we need to say some things, we don't need to say some things. Amen? There are some things that we don't need to say. If there are some things that that are not passing through the filter of the spirit in your life, right? Some unkind thoughts, some unproductive words. You just need to keep them into yourself. Okay? And it's more than just that relationship with the other person. It is a way that we worship God. We can worship him through that. Here's another one. This week, worship with your, your hands and your feet. If we go back to Romans 12, 1, that, that verse, it, it talks about your body, right, as, as, a, as a temple, a way to worship God. You can worship God by taking care of yourself. We talked about that over the last several weeks. And that's a personal thing, that taking care of your, your body is really important. There's a higher purpose than just looking good or meeting those fitness goals. It's a way that we actually personally can worship God with this one body that we've given. We've been given. But you know what? We get to use that body to be his hands and his feet, to serve other people. Okay? Because Jesus, he is, he is the greatest example of, of a servant. And when we serve each other, we're acting as his hands and his feet. How practically does that look like? How about this? This week, serve your family. You want to know how you serve your family? You do it before you're asked, right? Whether you're a spouse in this room, whether you're a kid in this room, brother or sister in this room, you can serve other people by thinking about them actively with your body, serving them without being told to do it. Man, that, that can change someone's day, Right? serve other people. Jesus went and he served other people. They didn't have to try to coerce him into serving them. He just did it because he loved them. We can serve our families. You know what else we can do? We can serve others. And the best way to serve others is to serve them without an agenda. And that's so hard in our our culture because we are trained, all of us are trained to have this exchange, whether it's an exchange of goods or an exchange of services. And when we serve someone else or someone serves us, you're like, okay, well, now I gotta pay them back. I gotta do something else, right? Great example of that is um, there's a U- guy on YouTube, and, and I see him every once in a while. It's, he has this, he's at this lawn business. I don't know the guy, I don't even know where he, he lives, but he has this professional lawn business and he videotapes himself going to these homes that are not his client. They're just random people, and their yard is just awful, guys. It looks just terrible. I mean, HOA should be calling them, right? Like, they should be fine. I mean, you can't even see the driveway. You can't even see the sidewalk. Sometimes you can't even barely see their house. Like, it's just so bad. And whatever reason, they haven't been able to keep up with their house. And usually it's an elderly person. Usually it's someone that's, that's uh, physically can't do this. And he goes and he knocks on their door. And he kind of, he sets up cameras and videotapes it all and and uh, total invasion of privacy. But anyways, um, so uh, he's, he videotapes this and they, open, they answer the door and he says, hey, can I, can I, can I mow your, your yard? And they almost always say, well, how much does it cost, right? Well, what do you want? What are you trying to really get out, out of this? And he's like, no, I just want to do it. I do this professionally. I just wanted to, to love on you today. And they can't believe it. It's just this weird moment. They don't know how to respond. Because in our culture, it's always this exchange. There's always this personal motive for serving other people. It's amazing when he just cleans up their yard and just like, all right, see ya. He just leaves. I mean, it just changes their life, right? I was reading this this devotion, actually this morning. um, The devotion I'm reading through, and it's by uh, Spurgeon. It's called Morning and Evening. So there's a devotion every morning and every evening. Here's what the morning one said. said this. The best description of Christ is his living biography written out in the words and action of his people. So imitate him in your loving spirit. Think kindly. Speak kindly. Do kindly. So people might say, man, you have been with Jesus. Right? What that means is is that we should serve other people so they look at us and say there's something different about you. You did that. Without asking for anything in return. Another way we can worship Him kind of ties into that is with our generosity. With our generosity. How can you do that this week? Maybe this week you need to give, not just to the church, but to other people. Finding ways, whether it's someone you know in your neighborhood, a family member, someone at the grocery store, when you see a need, meeting that need can change someone's life and it's an act of worship to God. And finally, I think this kind of ties it all up. This week, I wanna invite you to worship with your next step. Do you have a next step in your life in your relationship or maybe a lack of relationship with God that you have been putting off, that you have been procrastinating with. Maybe it's time to take that next step this week and not think of it as something outside of worship, but as an act of worship. Maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. You've been trusting in yourself that is the greatest next step you can take. Maybe you're a believer, but you've never made it public. You've never been baptized. Just like Ryland said, here in a couple of weeks, we're having a, a night of worship. It's gonna be an incredible time with people giving their life to Christ and showing others. Maybe the next step is for you to actually be baptized without any excuse and say, it's time for me to do that. Maybe the next step is Fulfilling some obligations that you've kind of put yourself in. Where you've been saying, you know what, I really want to get into God's Word. Um, and I need other people to help me do that. But you haven't taken the steps. You just thought about it. Maybe that Bible that you have is collecting a lot of dust. And you need to actually begin to take it out and, and read it this week. That's the next step. You'll see that? It's the next step. It's moving from where you are to where you know you need to be. This week, maybe open up God's word and, and studying it and reading it for the first time and building that relationship with him. You know what? Maybe the next step for some of us in this room or some of us online is to actually get connected with other people. We've been so isolated because of COVID. It's actually become a kind of a normal thing to just come and be a part of worship Or watch it online and never be connected with people. We have a great way for you to take a next step in your faith. Which is to be involved in a small group. And it's not just about studying the Bible. It is about living life together. And people that know you and know your family. They have your cell phone number. They have been over to your house. You've been over to their house. They're inviting you to the Super Bowl party. Because you're living life together. We need that with one another. I don't know what your next step is, but you know what it is. It's not just a duty or something we have to do, but maybe it's an act of worship this week. You know, when it it comes to our worship diet, we need to move beyond just milk. We need more than just milk. We need like that that carnivore diet. You know, you ever seen that carnivore diet? like... Just straight meat. That's all you eat. It's just meat, okay? I like that. That's, that's awesome. Let's do it, okay? Just steaks every day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, okay? Sounds, whew, that'd be rough. But we need some more like that. We need some, when it comes to our worship, we need some more carnivore diet than milk. It's more than just the basics the mumbling songs on Sunday or just standing there with our arms crossed and just getting through that hour. There's more to worship than that. It's worshiping him with our lives. You see, you have 168 hours every week to live. You have 168 hours every week to worship him. And you're only here for one hour. Now, next week, we're actually going to continue talking about worship. We're going to talk about this one hour specifically. But here's my big question for you. What are you doing with the other 167? Let me pray for you. God, you're good, you're holy, you're worthy of our worship. And Lord, I just I just confess that there are times where we, we just punch the clock of worship and we do it here on Sunday mornings and we just leave. And we, we act as if the rest of our week is, is only for us. But it's more than that. It's an opportunity to worship you in so many different ways. Help us, Lord, this week to stretch our spiritual muscles a little bit and worship you intentionally in whatever area you're calling us to, whatever area that, Holy Spirit, you're convicting us about. God, you are worthy of more than just one hour. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so glad that you joined us for Central Online today. It's been a great time of worshiping our Savior together as a Central family. Maybe today God's been speaking to you about trusting Him with your whole life and even in taking that first next step in following Him. Well, we'd love to get connected with you. You can text the word forgiven to 94,000 and that will get you in touch with our ministry team. And if you need prayer about something specific, we'd love to be able to come alongside you and pray. So send us an email to prayer at cbcowasso.org. If this message spoke to you today, why not take a second and share it with a friend or a family member that might need to hear it. It's an exciting time to be part of Central as we do our best to live for Christ, love people, and make disciples. We'll see you next week.